Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Oh, praise God. If you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, we are in a series called Miracles. Somebody say Miracles. How many of you believe in the God of the miraculous? How many of you, your life is a testimony of the power of God, the presence of God, the Spirit of God being able to transform you? Can I get a witness? Oh, I love this. I love this series. I love just the nature of who we are as a people. We believe God. We believe Him. We believe this Word. Can I have a good amen? Even when we don't see things happening around us, We may not even feel it going on inside of us. We just trust that what God says, he will accomplish. We kicked this off last week. We talked about Jesus' first miracle uh, in John chapter 2 when he turned the water into wine. We talked about how every miracle starts with a problem. That's one common denominator that all miracles have in common. It starts with a challenge, a problem, an issue. How many of you are a candidate for a miracle? If you've got problems, you are positioned for the supernatural. Can I have a good amen? Uh, So last week we talked about the making of a miracle. Today I want to talk to you about believing for a miracle. Believing for a miracle. Mark chapter 5. I want to read. This is the story of the woman with the issue of blood. Perhaps one of my favorite. I'm so glad the Gospels include the story of this woman. Her faith challenges me. Her desperation speaks to me. The goodness of God inspires me. I think today's going to be helpful to all of us. I'm just going to let the Word do the work. Is that okay? How many know God doesn't need my help? God just wants my surrender. So we're going to read the scriptures and just let the word speak to us. Mark chapter 5, verse 25. The Bible says this. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact... She'd only gotten worse. Now, let me stop right here and let's put us in the picture of what's happening in this woman's journey. Notice that she has no name. I thought that was interesting. For her story to be so famous, the Bible doesn't even give her a name. She is identified by her problem. She's known as the woman with the issue of blood. She's bleeding with issues. Can anybody identify? Have you ever experienced a season in your life where problems were so overwhelming that they consumed you? And it feels like your identity was swallowed up in your problem. Can I have a good amen? Let me say this. You are not your problem. God has identified you and claimed you. What you're walking through is not who you are. Come on, somebody. Bible doesn't even give her a name. Now, we identify her as the woman with the issue of blood. I think we got to be careful not to give people labels. 
Sometimes we see a, a person in a tough situation and we frame them in our minds by what their problem is. And yet God has a plan and a purpose even in spite of the problems. And it's a danger too when we're going through a season where we're consumed by something that's bigger than us that we don't limit what God can do in and through us. It's a danger when we talk about, think about, talk about, think about, talk about, think about our problems more than we talk and think about our promise. When you talk about your problems more than your promise, your problems, in your eyes, become bigger than God's promise. The Bible doesn't give her a name. In fact, the scripture says that she didn't make any progress. Think about it. Twelve years she had suffered with some issue of blood in her body. Twelve long years. When you're in pain, you don't really count years or even months, but you count the days. Every day hurts. Every day you wake up to the same thing again and again and again. And this woman, for 4,380 consecutive days. Come on, how many ever had a bad weekend? This is the weekend from hell that never ends for over 4,380 days of darkness, discouragement, depression, and hopelessness. I don't know how you deal with pain. Some of you are great when it comes to dealing with pain. When you get sick, fellas, how many of you, when you're sick, you just wimp out? Now, some of you aren't raising your hand, but your wife is elbowing you in the ribs. Rachel deals with sickness a whole lot differently than I do. I just tell you that. Just confession. This girl is strong. She gets sick. Man, she's going for the elderberry syrup. Man, we're, 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 we're getting, uh, we're gargling with salt water. We're taking Vicks VapoRub. Come on, got a little Vicks. Put it right here. A little, little handkerchief around your neck. Put it on your feet. Put some salt. Any ladies know what I'm talking about? She's in it for the long haul. If I get like a little sniffle, I need an antibiotic. <laughs> I'm going to be laid up in bed. Listen, she, she's going to plow right through it, but I'm going to lay down until I feel better. Woman had no name. She made no progress. I mean, think about it. Chronic pain, it has a way of just draining everything inside of you. You throw everything you have at it. This woman, the Bible says, had spent everything she had on doctors for 4,380 consecutive days and didn't get any better. In fact, the Bible says she got worse. No name, no progress, no options. You know, it's interesting. She had been reduced to a place of desperation. I want you to know that in God, desperate is not a bad place to be. Sometimes you don't realize God is all you need until he's all you have. You see, as long as you and I have options, we don't really need God because we're choosing. We, we've got some doors to walk through. We've got some choices to make, and I may try this. I may do that, and, and sometimes we leave God as our final resort instead of our first priority. Sometimes God has to close some doors in your life. 
You know, sometimes I was the missions pastor for five years here at the church and traveled the world, spent a lot of time in, in impoverished places of the world. I was amazed. Like I would go to Africa and would be totally amazed at the faith that people simply had for drinking water. Guess what? I don't need faith for water here. I just go to the sink. Come on, somebody. But when you have nothing left, but God. Somebody say, but God. You see, you don't believe God for things you can do yourself, but the minute you are rendered helpless, doctors couldn't help her anymore. And it, but all of their, their, their education and all of their professionalism, man, she emptied her bank account to seek the help of others. And when nobody else could help her, this sounds like the perfect job for God. She's set up for a miracle. This was a job for Jesus. Now, here's the key verse, verse 27. I love this verse. We're going to pick this verse apart. Verse 27, the Bible says, she had heard about Jesus. How I many know Jesus changes everything? Wait a second. Wait. She heard this rabbi, this Jewish carpenter, this teacher was passing her way. She heard about it. In her place of desperation, Jesus came on the radar. She wasn't even thinking about Jesus until she heard of it. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. You see, faith is being built already because she had heard about Jesus. So look at what she did. The Bible says, so she came up behind him through the crowd, and she touched his robe. She came up behind him. She pushed through the crowd, and she touched the hem of his garment. If you're taking notes, I think there are three elements to this woman's belief, her faith, that I think speaks to all of us. And I want you to write this down. Number one, if you're going to have this kind of faith, you're going to have to go after some things. You're going to have to go after. The Bible says she came up behind him. I think this is interesting because most of the miracles Jesus performed, when he healed someone, he was facing them. There was a connection, an interaction where he either laid hands on them, he spoke to them. There was awareness. But this passage says that the woman kind of snuck up behind him. It's like, it's almost as if Jesus's back was to her, but that didn't stop her. You ever felt like that sometimes you prayed and never heard anything, didn't see anything? You almost felt like that God had turned his back. Maybe God was blessing other people. Maybe you saw supernatural things. You heard testimonies of, of your friends and people at work. And man, God's moving all around you, but it feels like he's not turning his face to you. Is it just me? Am I the only one? Sometimes you go through seasons where you're like, God, do you see me? God, are you even aware? Sometimes it's hard to be in church and to sing these anthems of faith whenever you feel like you're just, you're forgotten. But that didn't stop this woman. She went after Jesus. Notice, she didn't wait for Jesus to initiate. She took steps because she was at a place in her life where it, it was either get up or give up. 
Either I'm going to get up and get going or I'm going to throw in the towel. Maybe somebody here today, that's exactly where you are. Can I encourage you? Go after God. Go after God. Don't let circumstances, don't let feelings, uh, don't let logic, uh, don't let anything keep you from pursuing the Lord. Go after your miracle. Go after your healing. Go after the presence of Jesus. You'll never get what you're looking for by being passive. Be in church. Press in when you don't feel like it. Get in that prayer meeting. Man, ask for help. Sometimes we don't receive help because we're not asking for it. But when you're at a sense of desperation, how many of you know desperate people take desperate measures? If you want something you've never had, you're going to have to do something you've never done. This is what motivated the woman with the issue of blood. She moved forward. Some of you, God is telling you, get up and just go after me. And man, push through, even when you don't feel like it. Fast, pray, give, serve, speak life, but whatever you do, don't give up. This woman was at a place where she could either get up or give up, and she chose to go after. That's what I love about initiative. People with initiative, they know what they want. People with initiative, they push themselves to act. People with initiative, they take more risks Sometimes they make mistakes, but people with initiative are willing to embrace the risk. She didn't pray, Lord, if it's your will to heal me. You see, listen, sometimes God's saying, what do you want? What's in your heart? Jesus many times would ask those he was about to heal, will you be made whole? Of course, what is the will of God? We want God's will. But sometimes he's saying, would you take your will and line it up with my will? As a pastor, I've been at the bedside, of, and I've had the, the privilege, privilege of being able to minister to families as, as a grandparent, a grandfather, grandmother, was about to transition into glory. And I've seen this more than once. I've seen grandmas who were waiting to enter the presence of Jesus but they just held on until that last grandchild made it to the hospital. Until, until that all the family was present. The doctors said they didn't have much time left, but I would see these grandmas just fight through and hold on until the last family member shows up. And then they make their peace with God. And then they go on to glory. Let me ask you this. If the human spirit is that resilient, how much more when you add the Holy Spirit? When you say, Lord, I'm taking my will combined with your will, and Father, I'm in cooperation with you. This woman was so desperate that even though Jesus had seemingly walked by, the Bible says she snuck up behind him. Oh, I love that. The Bible says not only did she come up behind him, but she pushed through the crowd. Number two, after you, you, you go after him, you got to push through some things. I want you to consider what was against this woman. I mean, in ancient days, if you were a woman, you were at a social disadvantage. Women weren't valued in culture like they are today. And in biblical days, this was a major no-no. Jesus was an esteemed rabbi. 
And this woman, to even come close to him in proximity to touch him, that was frowned upon. She had her gender against her. Uh, The religious law of the day totally forbid what she was about to do. She had to break the law. I mean, Jesus, as a rabbi, was pure. He was holy. He was clean. And her bleeding issue, if she were to touch him, her uncleanliness would make Jesus unclean. So she knew, if I'm going to do this, I'm taking a major risk. This is taboo. I'm a woman. I shouldn't be this close to the man. And I surely can't touch him because my impurity would contaminate, contaminate him. History was against her. The doctor's reports gave her absolutely no hope. Day after day, for 12 years, the narrative was the same. What made her think that this moment would be any different? And on top of that, there was the crowd. Jesus was surrounded by so many people, it was nearly impossible to get to him. She had to push through some people. Some of you are going to have to push past some people in order to get close proximity to the master. Don't follow the crowd. The crowd will keep you from your miracle. If you go with the flow, you're going to miss God's best for your life. That's why we teach our children, man, when they're at school, hey, don't don't walk like, talk like, act like, think like everybody else. You are different in order to make a difference. Uh, Being a follower of Jesus means that we swim upstream. We don't do what's culturally popular. We are counterculture. Can I have a good amen? And this woman had to push through the crowd. I mean, think about the physical strength that it would take to even maneuver to get in that position. Let me ask you this. What are the things that you're having to push through right now? What are the things that are standing in your way between you and Jesus? What's blocking you from the supernatural that God has guaranteed for you? You see, the devil wants you to think small. He wants you to pray small. He wants you to act small. He wants you to believe small. Everything in culture is designed to keep you small, but we serve a big God. And so Jesus says, act like I'm big, think like I'm big, pray like I'm big, believe like I am big. How many of you know that Jesus can and Jesus will? Uh, We've got to, the, the barriers I think for us are not necessarily physical, but they're mental and they're spiritual. Some of us have to push through doubt and unbelief. Some of us are having to push through fear and insecurity. Some of us are having to push through different mindsets that have held us at bay. She pushed through a crowd. Let me tell you, you and I are going to have to push through some things. Bible says in verse 28, for she thought to herself. (laughs) If I can just touch his robe, I'll be healed. She thought to her. All she had was a thought. Okay, there's power right here. One thought can change the trajectory of your entire life. That's all she had. She didn't have any money. She didn't have any family. She had no one helping her. She didn't have a pastor. She didn't have a church. She didn't have a podcast. She didn't have a small group. Come on. How many of all of us, we've got tremendous resource in our life. This woman had nothing. She had 4,380 consecutive negative days, but on this day, she had a thought. 
Some of us need to change our thinking. Some of you got stinking thinking up in your head. And it's keeping you stuck in your darkness and your discouragement. This thought came from a place of hope. Let me tell you this. When you're in a bad place, you'll have a lot of bad thoughts. Come on, talk to me. When you're in a bad place, it's hard to have a good thought. But she heard that Jesus was near. So she thought to herself. The Bible says she said within herself. In the original Greek, it means she kept saying. She kept saying, if I can just get at his feet. She kept saying, some of you, you need to talk to yourself. See, the problem is you're, you're, you're listening to yourself too much. Quit listening to yourself. Start talking to yourself. Some of the best conversations I have are with myself. People are like, who are you talking to? I'm like, me. <laughs> I don't even know. We need a lot of help, don't we? She had a thought. She said within herself, she kept saying, she kept saying, you know what? We need to repeat the promises of God. We need to put them in front of us. How many of you still write verses on like an index card and put it on your refrigerator? Some of you need to. You go into that refrigerator a lot. Every time you go to that fridge, man, put a, there's that promise staring you in the face. Some of you need to put that, 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 that index card in your car as you're traveling. Man, you're reading and rehearsing the promises of God. You say it again and again. But Mike, I don't see anything. Keep saying it. Mike, I don't feel anything. Keep saying it. Mike, nothing's happening around me. Keep saying it. She said to herself again and again, if I can just get to the very feet of Jesus, let me tell you, anybody who found themselves at Jesus' feet, they got exactly what they were looking for. Press through some stuff to get to the feet of Jesus. Let me tell you something about desperate people. Man, they're willing to do what others aren't willing to do. Some of you got to set a feeling aside or the, the, the thinking of your past. You got to set that aside and you got to talk to yourself. She said, if I can just touch Jesus. You see, there are two conversations that are happening even now. Okay? Here's two. Every conversation has two parts. The first part is what God is saying to you. But then the second part is what you are saying to yourself about what God is saying to you. You see that? How many know God is talking right now? Now we're hearing that. Okay, I hear you, Lord. But then there's another conversation. It's what we say to ourselves about what God is saying to us. And if what we say to ourselves is not in agreement with what God is saying to us, then we can neutralize the power of God in our lives. But when you get into agreement with God, come on somebody, when it's his words and his will and he's saying, will you be made whole? And you're like, yes, Lord. You see, all of God's promises are yes, 2 Corinthians 1.20, the Bible says, it's, all of God's promises are yes in Christ, and through our amen, bring glory to God the Father. So when Jesus says yes to you, you say amen to him. Amen means so be it. So be it. Lord, I'm coming into agreement with you. Notice, she had to get up and go after Jesus. But the devil didn't make it easy. He put roadblocks and barriers and detours and hurdles, and she had to press through every single one. The Bible says in Hebrews 4, verse 2, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, 
not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. This is a big deal. Notice the, the, the writer here is talking about two different groups of people. They heard the word just like we heard the word, but that word didn't profit them anything because they didn't mix it with faith. That tells me that you can come to church your whole life and hear the word every single Sunday and nothing happen inside of you because you're not mixing it with faith. When the word goes forth, when God says, I can do, then you say, yes, Lord, I agree. And our faith causes that word to come alive in us. How many of you know, we're not moved by what we see. We don't live by how we feel, but it's by faith in Jesus' name. That's why as a people of faith, we're going to believe God as a church. And this, this series on miracles is to stir our faith. We're not chasing miracles. Listen, we're chasing Jesus. Man, and if we can get to Jesus, the supernatural happens already. Man, if we can just get to his feet, then Jesus will do whatever he wants to do, however he needs to do it, and we're okay with that. Lord, I'm believing you for my children. How many of you have kids and grandkids that you're believing God for? Oh, hey, we got to, let's get to the feet of Jesus. Lord, if I can't drag my kids to your feet, I'm going to get there. And I'm, my prayers, come on. How many know your prayers can go to places where you physically can't go? You can't decide things for your kids, because your adult kids. When they reach an age, you just got to release them and you trust. Lord, you said it if I train them up in the way that they should go. Then when they get older, they won't depart from it. I'm holding to my, I'm saying yes and amen to Proverbs 22, 6. And I'm finding your feet. And Lord, I'm believing that if they're a prodigal, there's a pig pen out there for them. And God, you're going to turn their lives around and you're going to bring them right here to meet me too. Come on, can I have a good amen? Somebody say, go after. Somebody say, push through. Now, somebody say, reach out. Look at the Bible says, she reached out to touch the very edge of his robe. You know what's interesting to me? Jesus, at this point in his ministry, is surrounded by an entourage of healthy young men. And yet this weak, sick, hemorrhaging woman finds enough strength to get up, to go after, to push through, and to reach out. And you know what she touched? The very edge of his robe. Mm -mm -mm. One translation says she touched the hem of his garment. The very French. She had to get to a low place. When she was, oh, I hope y'all don't see that bald spot on my head. When, <laughs> y'all see that right there? Y'all pray for me. Lord, I pray growth in Jesus' name. <laughs> Can the cameras edit that spot right there? This is awkward. This is a real awkward moment. She couldn't get any lower. She had to humble herself. I don't know what else to do, God. I've tried everything. i got nothing left. Lord, I'm desperate. And she reaches out to touch the very fringe of his robe. 
she didn't even touch him. She touched something that was touching him. Somebody say, that's power. Didn't touch his ankle. I'd at least try to get a big toe or something, you know? Remember the, 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 the game that you used to play as a kid, static electricity? You know, I mean, she didn't even touch his physical body. She touched the, the tassels of his robe. The, 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 the rabbi would wear this, this robe, and at the very bottom it had these tassels which represented his authority. She, she reached out to touch the hem of his garment. But she didn't just touch his hem, she moved his heart. There was something about that touch that was different. In fact, if you look up in the Greek, the very edge of the robe, it's the same word as wings. Isn't that interesting? You think wings would be high. She got low and she touched in the Greek the wings of Jesus. Malachi chapter 4, verse 2. 400 years before the time of Christ, the Bible says, for those of you that fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. And you will go free. Listen, freedom for her was just within reach. Some of you are so close, you just got to reach out. If you would extend your faith, now you got to get up, get moving. You're going to have to go after him. You can't sit still. You can't be passive about this thing. You got to be desperate for it. You got to push through some barriers and you got to reach out. The Bible says in verse 29, immediately the bleeding stopped. Somebody say immediately. That means suddenly. It means quickly. It means right away. It means straight forth. You would think that after 10 years, if it took you 12 years to get into it, it'd take you another 12 years to get out of it. Immediately. Somebody say one touch. I believe one touch from Jesus changes everything. One touch from Jesus can heal you from decades of sickness. One touch from the Lord can restore a relationship and heal a marriage. One touch from Jesus can change a kid's life from utter darkness. Now he's walking after the Lord. One touch from Jesus, the Bible says, immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of this terrible condition. <laughs> Look at verse 30. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and he asked, who touched my robe? Jesus says, he stops everything. Oh, who touched me? And the disciples think that Jesus is actually joking. Like, for real, Lord? I mean, look, look at this. Look at this crowd. Look at these people. Everybody is pressing upon us. Listen, everybody's touching you. And Jesus says, wait a second. This touch was different. You know what? I, I think that this is a, a, an indictment on the disciples. You can have proximity and still not have the power. You can grow up in church your whole life and be so close, but yet so far away. There was something different about this touch. This is the only recorded miracle in Scripture where it feels like Jesus healed and he didn't even know it. How many know that God is sovereign? He knows what's going on. He stops everything. Who touched me? 
the disciples said in verse 31, look at this crowd. Everybody's pressing around you. How can you even ask who touched me? But he kept looking and looking and looking to see who had done it. Verse 33, then the frightened woman, I mean, consider, consider, this is amazing. When she reaches out and feels healing virtue flow through that garment into her body, instantly she knew she had been healed. Does she say anything? Does she, at this point, there's a lot of risk for her to identify herself. This is going to change anything. Is she is going to be mad now? Wait a second. Now, I'm going to be reprimanded and, and ostracized by the community. I have contaminated a rabbi. This, I, I, she could be in worse condition than, than she was before. But the Bible says she identifies herself. She says, Lord, it was me. Verse 33, the frightened woman came, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, fell to her knees in front of him and told her what she had done. What gave her the courage to face consequences? She knew she was healed. She was so convinced. I want to tell you this. When God heals, he doesn't do anything halfway. He does it completely. The Bible says in verse 34, he said to her, daughter, I love this. Somebody say, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Oh, I feel like that's a word for somebody. God's wanting to tell some of you today, your suffering is about to be over. See, her her shame was so public. Jesus called her out. He wanted her affirmation to be just as public so she could be restored to community. He says, daughter. Sons, daughters, The Lord loves you. He's for you. And he wants to work in your life. Do you receive that today? Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.